This morning from the theme, the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. The transfiguration of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord and Savior in his Hebrew name. From the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter, and I'm reading from the Sefer. We want to take a look at the first eight verses. And we find these words. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter, and said unto Yeshua and Onai, It's good for us to be here. If you will, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the, the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were so afraid. And Yeshua said unto them, he came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Yeshua, Jesus Christ only. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise you for thy word. We give you the glory, the honor, and we uplift, edify, and magnify thy name. We ask you now to hide us behind the cross. Come forth through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and teach us here today. We bless you, we praise you, we worship, and we thank you for this hour, and we bless you for these that are in worship service on today. Holy Spirit, have thy way. Bring back to our mind those things that we've already studied. We'll give you all praise and glory in Yeshua's mighty name. All of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. We find in this particular Scripture, the Word of God talks about the transfiguration of Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And to be transfigured or to be, have transfiguration manifest in his life, these are the things that has to happen. He become radiant in glory, shines as the bright rays of the light. The power and the presence and the glory of God manifested on Christ as he was being transfigurated before the disciples. The story tells us that they are on the Mount of Transfiguration, as it is later called. And they are there for the reason that Christ would often go to the mountains alone in solitude to pray unto the Father and to commune and talk with him. And this particular time, he took Peter, James, and John with him on this journey. The reason the scripture tells us that where two or three are gathered in my name, let every word be established. So they were witnesses to this very significant, miraculous event that took place on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw the glory, the splendor, the beauty, the magnificence, the had respect and honor and dignity and homage for the majesty himself in his purity as 
the God who he is and the savior of the world. Christ went to the mountain to seek and to show the power and the presence of who he really was outside of his physical body. The word of God tells us and shares with us that he went there and he took them with him because he wanted witnesses to this event, to what was going on. No doubt Peter, James, and John had no idea what was going to take place on that mountain when they got there. Nevertheless, when they arrived and Christ went off to pray, if you look at other accounts of this, it says that they went to sleep. And, and while they were sleeping, Christ is talking to the Lord, and no doubt they come to themselves and recognize and realize that this is not the man that went up to the mountaintop with them in the same form that he was when he went up. The power and the glory of God had already come upon him, and he had already begun to show his magnificence and to show his glory. You see, the word of God tells us in the book of Revelation that this is going to happen. He's going to light up the whole city. Of the new Jerusalem. The word tells us and shares with us how important it is that we understand the significance of this event. Peter, James, and John there, no doubt, observing and seeing the Savior in a glorified state, in a supernatural state, as God the Creator, Elohim Himself, Tezraok, Himself, live and in living. Color, no doubt the brilliance of his life, the brilliance of himself, the power and the majesty himself just glorified right in their very presence. So God allows the glory to manifest and to come out so that they can see exactly who he is, who he was and know him. And this frightened them so much that they begin to question what in the world's going on. Peter didn't know what to say. He didn't know how to respond. So he said, let us make some tabernacles. Let, 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 he wanted to do something to, to secure his position and his place. There the word of God tells us and shares with us. No doubt he says let's make a tabernacle. One for you and one for Elijah and one for Moses. You see Moses represented the law. Elijah represented the prophets. And no doubt they are witness Christ talking to these two gentlemen. They didn't know what the conversation was about but they saw him in all of his glory as he spoke to each of them and they had a conversation Peter didn't know what was going on so he said I know what we can do we can build tabernacles Peter working in the flesh Peter thinking in the flesh they are glorified remember Elijah and Moses that already passed away and they're living in glory with God but Christ is God himself transformed before them and having a conversation with Elijah and Moses and Peter still in the flesh saying let's just build something earthly Let's build a tabernacle because, you know, when Israel left Egypt, 600,000 Hebrews left that nation under the order orchestration of Moses. The Bible says that as they journeyed, they had a tabernacle, a tent that they used for worship. God would come down and speak to the priests at times and the glory of God would come down into the tabernacle and fill it up with a cloud. So the scripture bears us out in this instance. They have this idea, Peter says, let's go back to the Old Testament, build some tabernacles for the Savior and these prophets and the, uh, of God. 
Nevertheless, all of a sudden, a cloud emerges and overshadows them. And they hear the voice of Elohim himself as he says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him, listen to him. And it made them so afraid that they fell on their faces before Christ himself. Not realizing what was going on, all of a sudden, the Messiah himself comes and touches them and tells them not to be afraid, but to stay in humility, in humbleness. They leave the mountain, and as they're coming down, Christ himself says unto them, Tell no man of what you have seen. Don't mention this to anybody until the Son of Man be risen from the dead. So this takes place about two months before Christ actually goes to the cross. And he says, don't you tell a soul about what you've seen. Remember, these men were the inner circle. They were the ones that Christ had a whole lot of confidence and trust and assurance in them. And so he shared with them many things. When, when, when Christ raised Jairus' daughter, it was Peter, James, and John that was with him. So the scripture tells us and shares with us that he himself manifests his glory before them. And, and the word bears us out. It says in 2 Peter 1, 16 and 18, For we have not followed cunning devices of fable when we made known unto us the power of God himself through the Son, Yeshua HaMashiach. But Peter said, we were eyewitnesses to this event. He shares this with the saints at that time. He says, we were eyewitnesses to this event. We knew it took place. This wasn't no fable. This wasn't no false doctrine or false teaching. This was reality. It actually happened in our very presence. For he received from Elohim the Father honor and glory that he is the living son of God in whom God was well pleased. See, God told them this at this event. It says, and his voice which came from the heavens we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Peter said, Dar, this is not a joke. This is for real. So several years after that, you got 430 years between Moses and Christ. You got the 13th century between the Hebrew nation that was in captivity with, the, with, 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 Egypt, with Egyptians and Pharaoh. And then you got this time span of 1250 years. There's a difference in all of that time that merges all of this together. For the reality of knowing who Christ, the Savior and Lord of our life, actually is. Peter says, don't forget. That these events have happened, but they have happened for you. Paul tells us in Romans, the 8th chapter and the 11th verse. And the spirit of him that raised Christ Yeshua from the dead dwells in you. This is a benefit or an application of knowing that this transformation will also manifest in your life. It will also happen to you. He said that he raised the Yeshua HaMashiach from the dead shall he also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. Remember, Christ was spirit. The Father was spirit. First Corinthians tells us in the 15th chapter in the 49th verse, 
And as we have grown the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. See, we're going to put on glorified bodies one day. We're not going to have to worry about decay and sickness and disease anymore. For Christ is going to give all of us glorified bodies. He's going to crack the sky one of these days. And when he does, we'll be transformed. And when we are, we'll have glorified bodies. Paul tells us in Philippians 3 and 20 and 21, for our citizenship is where? In heaven. From which also we look for the Savior, the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. The time is going to come when we'll have glorified bodies through the word of God bears us out. First John tells us in the third chapter, verses two and two, he says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God or Elohim. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall what? See him as he is. He said, take this and hide it in your heart. Bury it in your spirit and always know that the day is going to come when you will have liberty finally, totally, completely glorified and living eternally with God our King in the eternal heaven. And every man that has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure. God says hope in the reality that there's going to come a day when you're going to be glorified, when you will be transitioned and you will have that, that, that transformation of knowing that you are indeed a son and a child of the living God himself. He said keep those Keep those promises. For this is the word of God. It is the promise of God that I will come back and receive you unto my kingdom for myself. As Christ died and left and went to the cross. The Bible tells us in Sheffield, the word of God was real. Peter said it was real. James and John was there. They said it was real. He said, this is not, not, not a story that we're telling you. This is an event that actually took faith. And took place in our lifetime while we was with the Messiah. So he says, there are the witnesses. Peter, James, and John. And they shared this throughout their gospels. They shared the fact that Christ was transfigured and that his glory manifested. And they didn't know what to do. But Christ came back and said, calm down, fellas. It's me. He had to come back in that physical state so they can recognize and realize who he was again and allow him to minister because Christ had to minister to them because they were sitting there frightened. They were afraid of what was going on. But Christ came himself and he ministered unto them and he told them, don't worry. Don't be afraid. But keep your faith and trust in God. Keep your faith and trust in the Savior. Rely upon him and realize no matter what the world is doing, no matter what's happening around you, you're under the protection and the power of God's aura. Yes. He is watching over you and protecting you day and night. The enemy tries to whisper in our ears at times, you're not going to make it, but rebuke the devil in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Rebuke Satan and say, you are a liar. For I have a God that's bigger than any lie you can tell me. And that he's promised me life 
And he said it would be eternally in the kingdom in the new Jerusalem. The word of God decrees and declares just as Christ was transfigurated. We will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The last day, the Bible says, the trump will sound and the dead in Christ will raise first. And we who are alive and well will be what? Caught up. But we'll be transfigured first. So we'll be glorified and we'll forever go and live with the Savior in eternity. Forever. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this message of salvation. We praise you for the promise of life eternal. We thank you for this word that come forth to bring us assurance, to bring us the promise of your glorious power in your transfigured state that we too one day will be transformed with, with bodies that will last forever. We will be glorified through the change that you bring upon us. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. And bring your power, bring your joy, bring your love back into hearts and minds all over this city, the state, the country, and the world. That they realize that one day we will all reign with you eternally in the kingdom of our God. And our eternal creator. We bless you now. We praise you. We glorify and magnify you. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Heaven's my upon you.